a good father plans for his children. It says, for I, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I want to say to you fathers today, do you have a plan for your children? Do you have a plan? Are you planning their future for them and trusting God? As the Word says, if you train them up in the ways of God, they will never depart from them. What is your plan? I want you to go home and think about it. What is your plan? And I want to be honest with you. I'd, I've got three sons and I had a plan for them and one of them is walking outside of that plan. He's not born again. He's not serving the Lord. Yet there was a stage where he led worship in church. He's been robbed. He is not living in the plan that I have for him. He's not living in the plan that his heavenly Father has got for him. I've had to blot it out of my mind that one day I won't see him in heaven. And I've, I've had to find a way to, to, to make that acceptable to me, not to God, to me. And I've said to Patty, you know what, we won't know each other in heaven, so I won't know if he's missing. But you know what, we need to have a plan for our children. We need to have a plan. And the plan, the start of that plan needs to be God. It needs to be. The, the God of the past, the present, and the future has good plans for us. For the fathers as well, God has a good plan for you. But you need to be a good steward of, of your, your children's lives and have a plan for them. So I come across dads that haven't got a clue as to the plan they have for their children. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing that pleases a father more than an obedient child. God's working on, on this plan, the unfolding of this plan that He has for your life. You know what, if you're sitting here today and you're not sure what your dad has planned for your life, go to him and say, what is your plan for my life? Not aggressively, but hey, what's your plan? What do you have in, in, in sight for me? So we read in Ephesians 2 and verse 10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. A good father prospers his children. Don't let your mind just go finances. That's not what it's all about. He prospers. He walks. He, he, he provides those opportunities. He, he opens the way for you. I remember when my kids were at school, they were all really good sportsmen, all three of my boys. And I remember I would go to watch them play sport. And, uh, you know, I would be like standing behind them and they're busy picking the team. I'd be pushing them forward like that. Come on, you, you're the best. You must go and play. But they were really good. They really were good. Really good cricket players, all three of them. And so we came to this place in our life 
where I was leading a church and cricket for the, the first side, that's the, the side that heads up the club, was on a Sunday. So it wasn't my idea that I could prosper them by going to let them play soccer on a su- uh, cricket, sorry, cricket on a Sunday. And at first it was difficult for them. It really was difficult because Daniel was on the verge of playing provincial cricket and Joel was like just below there. He was doing really well as well. And I said to him, my boys, if I let you play, every parent can let their child play. And I want to prosper you because one day you're going to walk in the fullness of what God has got for you. He wants us to succeed in everything. And because as, as we grow, we develop that intimacy with Him. We, we live secure, and His presence guarantees us success. You see, God's success is not our success. I've had to go through things in my life. When I've looked back, I've seen God's success. But at the time that I was going through those difficult times... I, I didn't see God's success in my life. But looking back, I, oh yes, Lord, I can see what you were doing. You were doing this, you were doing that. And you, you can look at, uh, scripturally, if you look, even in jail, you look at God, how He gives Joseph success. In Genesis thirty-nine twenty-one, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love, and gave him favor in the sight of the jailer. You know what his brothers had sold him off, given him off to, told him, you can have him, you can make him a slave, you can do what you like with him, and yet God prospered him. God gave him success. Joseph is one of the most amazing stories in the Bible. Because in today's world, you read about guys and girls, there's not always no honor. And yet, Joseph, when his boss's wife tried to get him into bed, he jumped up and he ran. He ran. I've I've told quite a few people this story, but I I was a factory manager of a a fiberglass pool company. We used to manufacture uh, fiberglass pools, and then we'd go and install them into people's gardens. And so... uh, Being the factory manager, we sold one of these pools to a doctor. And so he was in the community, and we realized if we don't do his job 110%, we could lose customers. But if we do it right, we could actually gain customers. So I shot out there one day to go and see how it was going. The guys were almost finished. They were just busy filling in the, like, grouting in in the bricks. And it was a really hot day. It was down. I lived in Natal at that stage. It was hot and it was sweaty. And I, I arrived there. And the doctor's wife was there. And so she said to me, aren't you thirsty? I said, yeah, I am thirsty. And so she, she, she said, come with me. So she walked into the house. And I stopped where the, where the, the double door, the sliding door started. And she walked into the house, and she had a gown on. When she closed the fridge, she had no clothes on. I ran. I ran. I got in my bucky. I drove home. I told Patty exactly what happened. 
You've got to run from, from sin, guys. You've got to run. You've got to run. Otherwise, you know what? You can go wrong. A good father provides for his children. He meets our every need because he's Jehovah Jireh. I want to tell you, my kids grew up in ministry. The youngest one was four. Then Daniel was six. And Seth was eight. They grew up in ministry. I want to tell you, they did not have everything they wanted. They had everything they needed, but not what they wanted. Like when they played sport, they, I had to go to the second-hand shop and buy stuff there so that they could play. But you know what? They still did well. They still did well. You look at the Israelites in Deuteronomy 29.5, he provided food, water, shelter, everything for his people for 40 years. In Deuteronomy 29 verse 5, it says, I've led you 40 years in the wilderness, through the desert. Your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. Hey, babes, you don't even have to have one pair of shoes. That would be hectic, eh? I'm easy with shoes. When I find a pair of shoes that I like and they're comfortable, those are the only shoes I wear. I won't go anywhere else. Because sometimes you've got to find the right color shoe and the right height shoe and the... I love you, babes. <laughs> Standing on the edge. God's provision is one of abundance. John 10, 10, I've come that you could have life and life abundantly. That word abundantly is super abundantly. It's not just abundantly. Another story when we were in ministry. So we went from month to month. We like survived from month to month. And uh, we were in a place called Scottboro where, where, where we lived. And... Uh, it was coming up for the end of the month, and we had the rent to pay. And there was no money. I said to Patty, I'm going to fast until that money comes in. So I fasted. I, got, I was getting, and you, if you know rentals, by the 7th, normally you have to pay your rent. Otherwise, you're in trouble. So second third, fourth, I'm getting hungry, eh? fifth, sixth, I'm thinking, no, Lord, did I waste my time? The state agent phones, Patsy picks the phone up, he says to Patsy, can I, Patsy, can I speak to Roland? She's like, yes, you can speak to him, because he knows why he's phoning. So I pick the phone up, he says, Roland, I forgot to tell you, someone came in on the second and paid your rent. Hey, I was like, hey, his name was Clive. I said, hey, Clive, that wasn't that guy. Really. I had a little saying, and I think I read it somewhere, where God guards, he provides. Where God guards, he provides. And I can honestly say that when we started a church in Nelspreet, we had 5,000 rand a month for six months. That's what we, my pension would allow us to have. In those days, 5,000 rand was a reasonable price. It was 1995. 
Um, and so I said to Patty, we, we just got to trust God. I had a job offer that was better than what I had where I lived before during that time. But at the end of six months, a church from, there was one couple that started with us, so there were four adults and about 50 children between us. The church was able to pay our, our salary. You know what, if we just live out God's principles, the things He gives us about finances, what He tells us to do, how we can do it, like Donnie spoke about almsgiving, it, it, that thing about when you give to the poor, you lend, you giving to God. I want to say you can't outgive God. Goodness, if you think you can outgive give God, then give to me. A good father prepares for his children. John 14, verses 2 and 3. It says, my, In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. If Jesus says he's going to prepare a place for you, you better know that he's preparing a place for you. And it's not some broken down place. It's a, a place that he sees his child deserves. You know what, guys? We've got to just lift our vision a little when it comes to finances. If we aim low, we'll hit low. If we aim high, we'll hit high. We need to be those that are, hey, Lord, I'm trusting you. You know what? When you take your, uh, uh, many occasions in ministry, I've taken the last money that we've had and I've put it into the basket. And I can honestly say we have never gone without. Almost, but never. I remember eating jungle oats with honey, no, not honey, with syrup or something for food. But you know what? That stuff tasted good to me. It's like manna in the desert, man. God gave them something, they despised it. Don't be like that. He's your father and he wants to prosper you. He wants to prepare a place for you. From beginning to end, he's preparing for us and everything in between as well. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. What no eye has seen, nor ears heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. Just while I'm here. <laughs> I've, I've often had this discussion with people when they bring the Scripture up and they say, God has revealed to them. God has revealed to us. It's collective, all of us together. God, God reveals to us. He brings a prophetic word from this person. This person goes over here and dances with a flag and it impacts somebody's life. And, and people are leading us in worship. God has revealed himself to us, through us. That's why it's so important to be, to be locked into a, a church and a, a community as well.
Psalms 23, 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. A good father prepares. The next one is a good father protects his children. Psalm 91 and verses 1 and 2. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Where is this shelter of someone? It's a very limited place. And what it means is when he moves, you've got to move. Otherwise, the, sh the shadow moves away from you. So when you've got to stay there. You've got to, you, you've got to be in that place where you are in the shelter of the, in the, shelter of the Most High. And when you're abiding in the shadow... There it's safe. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Psalm 91 verses 14 to 16. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. I've got too many stories to tell you guys about what God has done in our life over the years. Patty's best form of defense is the name of Jesus, but it's at a huge volume. Jesus! We've nearly been in car accidents. We've been in airplane accidents. We've, we've, uh, she's faced Rottweilers, 80 kgs, to my son hanging out of, out of his mouth, and it's been Jesus! Yes, Jesus! And I love this. You know, in the book of Daniel, you've got my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. <laughs> hey, it's only where I can remember their names. My shack, your shack, and a bungalow. But you know, you know what? You know, I believe why they came out there. And it says they came out with even smelling like smoke. Not a smell of smoke. Why? Because there was a fourth person in the fire, walking around with them. Who's that? Jesus. It's the Father. It's the Father. A good father pardons his children. Luke 15, 11 to 32, you all know the, the prodigal son story. He even throws a party when the son comes back. So for my son that's not serving him, I'm, I'm ready to throw this party. I'm trusting God. He's going to come back. He's going to come back. It's, it's the Father will pardon him. He's not angry with us. And he doesn't hold out on us. And he never wants to get us back for what we've done. You know, like when, when we were at school, you guys didn't do it because you're so wonderful children. But if somebody did something to me, I wanted to get them back. Hey? I look for every opportunity to get them back. Sorry, I wasn't saved at school. I was a prefect at school. But can I tell you how they picked the prefects in high school? The prefects were all the first team rugby. So we could get things done. <laughs> Anyone got out of hand, we sorted them out. The captain was the head boy. 
I couldn't be that because I was not good enough for that. <laughs> a good father is patient and persevering. How many times do you just want to give up on your children? Don't say no, never. I'm telling you, there are times when you just want to, my son Daniel that leads a congregation in Josh Jen in Sunningdale, every Friday I sat in the headmaster's, headmistress office because he was in detention for not doing what he was supposed to do. Every Friday I said, hey, my boy, I'm a pastor. It doesn't look good. That I'm, this headmistress, she was from a different church as well. I was a Christian school. She, she was, a, and every, she took delight. Mr. and Mrs. Barnard, could you come in on Friday? There we go. And Daniel's sitting there, he doesn't even care. He's like, meh, meh, meh. Because in those days, they couldn't discipline them anymore. Just detention. That was like discipline. Yo, it was more like me getting disciplined and Patty. But you know what? We never gave up on him. He never let us down. We persevered. We were patient. And today, that young man, is an incredible young man. God loves to play with his children. Do you love playing with your children? You know what? I can see the people whose parents didn't play with them. They walk them. Hey, when, when my boys were small, I used to pick them up and throw them around. We used to get onto the double bed and I'd pat it. I'll close the door. You throw them around. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm showing them that I'm stronger than them. So when they get older, they'll still remember that. It's like muscle memory. And you know what? Those, those three guys, even the one that's not serving the Lord, they honor me and Patsy like you cannot believe. They've never raised their voice to us. And I'm not exaggerating. They have never raised their voice to us. Because I showed them that I was stronger than them when, I was, when they were young. A good father places us in family. So this morning, what I, what I want to do is, we've got breaking of bread over there. I want you to get together with your father and if you haven't got a father yeah, I want you to come here and join. I'm going to pray for you. And I want the fathers to actually pray over the children. And the other thing we're going to do is normally, like on Mother's Day, they gave something to the mothers. But today we're going to give the fathers something to give to their children. Hey? <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind. So for the amount of children you have here, and you can't take if they're not here, you go and buy them one at the church, at the other place. I'm going to get all the leftover ones. Here comes Michael. He's going to get the chocolate for the dad. You've got a good dad, Michael. 
Yeah, the fathers must take for their children, please. So we're going to break bread. And I wonder, while, while, once you've got a chocolate, if you could go over there and, and grab some. Yeah, grab for your family as well. Some, those biscuits and the, the juice. And if you haven't got, I want you to grab over there and come over here. And Patty and I are going to pray for you. Actually, I'm going to pray for you. She's not a father. She's the mother. 